Hey there, my name is Jackie, and I am your host of the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. Remember to visit homeschoolthinktank.com to learn more about how we serve homeschooling families. Also, if you check the link in the show notes below, you can get more information about anything that is mentioned in this episode. I hope you enjoy this episode about homeschooling and parenting, and be sure to check in on Mondays for our episode that is all about mindset. Do you want to know what is really being taught in schools? After teaching in New York City's public schools for over 30 years and receiving the New York State Teacher of the Year Award, here is a glimmer of what the late John Taylor Gatto shares in his book, Dumbing Us Down, The Hidden Curriculum of Compulsory Schooling. What's being taught isn't new. In fact, generation after generation has been learning the same hidden lessons. The lessons are so well disguised that even well-meaning teachers, like myself, and administrators don't realize how well this agenda has been packaged. I want you to keep listening to see if you are like me and you recognize any of these lessons. If you went to public school, these are going to resonate with you, and they're eye-opening. I can tell you, when I read Mr. Gatto's book, it was like he put into words so much of what I have thought over the years. And this thought process really began, for me, when I was a physical education teacher in the public school system over a decade ago before I had kids. I'm going to read you a quote to start this conversation from Mr. Gatto. I also want to ask for your forgiveness if I accidentally say Gatto. I have been saying his name incorrectly for a while, and yesterday when I was watching a video and he introduced himself, I realized it's Gatto. So I'm (laughs) trying to remember to say it correctly. All right, here we go. Teaching means different things in different places, but seven lessons are universally taught from Harlem to Hollywood Hills. They constitute a national curriculum you pay for in more ways than you can imagine, so you might as well know what it is. You are at liberty, of course, to regard these lessons any way you like. But believe me when I say I intend no irony in this presentation. These are the things I teach. These are the things you pay me to teach. Make of them what you will. The late Mr. Gatto first shed light on the seven core lessons that are taught in schools in his first edition of Dumbing Us Down, the Hidden Curriculum of Compulsory Schooling. However, in the 25th anniversary edition, we can see that these lessons are still being taught throughout school systems today. As John Taylor Gatto states in the introduction of this book, it is better to share the things that he does that are wrong rather than what he does that is right. I want you to know that if you go to the corresponding article to this podcast episode, you will find a nice short video of Mr. Gatto himself sharing the lessons that are taught in school. 
Also, I have shared the link for the audiobook, the ebook, and the book in print if you are interested in buying this book. All right, here's a quick overview of the seven lessons of dumbing us down. Now, please be advised that if this book interests you at all, you will need to read it in its entirety. While the book is a quick read or listen to, a review or a summary cannot possibly do justice to the late John Taylor Gatto's outstanding book, Dumbing Us Down, The Hidden Curriculum of Compulsory Schooling. And I want you to know, I listened to this as an audiobook. It is really well done. I am a big fan of Audible. I love listening to audiobooks and it's excellent and it, it makes it really easy for busy parents to listen to the book. All right, here's an introduction to dumbing us down. What led Mr. Gatto to wonder if the school system was dumbing down his students? His thoughts are best stated in the introduction of his own book. The trouble was that the unlikeliest kids kept demonstrating to me at random moments so many of the hallmarks of human excellence. Insight, wisdom, justice, resourcefulness, courage, originality, that I became confused. They didn't do this often enough to make my teaching easy, but they did it often enough that I began to wonder reluctantly, whether it was possible that being in school itself is what was dumbing them down. Was it possible that I had been hired not to enlarge children's power, but to diminish it? That seemed crazy on the face of it. But slowly, I began to realize that the bells and the confinement, the crazy sequences, the age segregation, the lack of privacy, the constant surveillance, and all the rest of the national curriculum of schooling were designed exactly as if someone had set out to prevent children from learning how to think and act, to coax them into addiction and dependent behavior. Bit by bit, I began to devise guerrilla exercises to allow as many of the kids I taught as possible the raw material people have always used to educate themselves. Privacy, choice, freedom from surveillance, and as a broad a range of situations and human associations as my limited power and resources could manage. In simpler terms, I tried to maneuver them into positions where they would have the chance to be their own teachers and to make themselves the major text of their own education. Now, to be clear, to the best of my knowledge, Mr. Gatto did not believe that as a profession, teachers had poor intentions. And I don't believe that either. In fact, Mr. Gatto taught in the public school system for over 30 years. He even received the New York State Teacher of the Year Award. In Chapter 4 of Dumbing Us Down, Mr. Gatto states the following. The truth is that schools don't really teach anything except how to obey orders. 
This is a great mystery to me because thousands of humane, caring people work in schools as teachers and aides and administrators, but the abstract logic of the institution overwhelms their individual contributions. Although teachers do care and work very, very hard, the institution is psychopathic. It has no conscience. It rings a bell and the young man in the middle of writing a poem must close his notebook and move to a different cell, where he must memorize that humans and monkeys derived from a common ancestor. Something that I noticed while listening to this audiobook is that Mr. Gatto seems to choose his words very carefully. And I took note of the word cell, where he says, It rings a bell, and the young man in the middle of writing a poem must close his notebook and move to a different cell. He didn't say classroom. He said cell. I want to share this with you because that word takes me back to a very specific moment in time when my oldest child was five years old. And I remember driving past a school, and the children were out to recess. And it occurred to me that it looked like a prison, that they were children enclosed in this fence. And I had just taken my children to the park and played with them. So in essence, they had had their recess as well, right? and some playtime, but I was playing with my kids, and we oftentimes met up with other families to play with, too, at the park. But in all of my years of teaching and of being a child in a public school, I never equated the similarities between prisons and schools. And when you stand back and you look, there are similarities. I suppose we could have more of that conversation on another day, but in the meantime, that is just a little bit of food for thought. Lesson one that Mr. Gatto shares that he taught as a school teacher was confusion. He says that he teaches too much. He shares that quality in education entails learning about something in depth. In schools, too much is taught. Everything is out of context, and there's no particular reason for any of it. There's a lack of coherence. Mr. Gatto states that the first lesson he teaches students is that confusion is their destiny. Now, I could expand upon every one of these topics, but I'm not going to. I'm going to keep it reined in today, and maybe another day we'll expand on these. But my point here is I really hope you read this book. It is so good and quite eye-opening. Lesson two, class position. Mr. Gatto shares that the second lesson he teaches students is to stay in class where they belong. He is to make them like being locked together with children who have similar numbers to their own. If he does his job well, then the children won't even be able to imagine themselves somewhere else. 
he is to remind them that future employers will hire them based on their test scores and grades, even though his own experience tells him otherwise. I don't know about you, but my own experience tells me otherwise as well. Lesson three, indifference. The third lesson Mr. Gatto teaches is indifference. He is to teach children not to care too much about anything, but to appear as if they do. When he plans a lesson well, students will be eager to win his favor. However, when the bell rings, they are expected to move quickly to the next station. Clearly, nothing of importance is ever finished. Mr. Gatto states, Indeed, the lesson of bells is that no work is worth finishing, so why care too deeply about anything? Lesson 4. Emotional Dependency Mr. Gatto states, The fourth lesson I teach is emotional dependency. By stars and red checks, smiles and frowns, prizes, honors and disgraces, I teach kids to surrender their will to the predestined chain of command. Rights may be granted or withheld by authority without appeal because rights do not exist inside a school. Not even the right of free speech, as the Supreme Court has ruled, unless school authorities say that they do. Mr. Gatto is sure to mention that he must not encourage individuality amongst his students, as this threatens his control. He may allow a child to deceive him so that the child will be conditioned to depend on his favors. He states that children are hostages to good behavior. Lesson 5. Intellectual Dependency Intellectual dependency is the fifth lesson Mr. Gatto teaches. Good students wait for a teacher to tell them what to do. This is the most important lesson of them all. We must wait for other people better trained than ourselves to make the meanings of our lives. In Dumbing Us Down, Mr. Gatto shares that the power to control what children think allows him to separate the successful children from the others very easily. Successful children do the thinking he assigns them with ease, some enthusiasm, and very little resistance. He also notes that curiosity has very little place in the classroom. Mr. Gatto and the Faceless System choose what the children will learn. When children don't comply with what they are told they ought to do, there are tested procedures to break the will of the children who resist. It is more difficult when a parent comes to the aid of a child, but this happens less and less despite the bad reputation of schools. I found this particular quote especially remarkable. No middle-class parents I have ever met actually believe that their kid's school is one of the bad ones. Not one single parent in many years of teaching. That's amazing 
and probably the best testimony to what happens to families when mother and father have been well schooled themselves learning the seven lessons i want to take a moment to mention that a while back i shared a short series it was a four-part series about the differences between school education and learning and if you haven't listened to that i would really like to suggest that you do because most of us have been very well schooled myself included and i really don't believe my eyes would have ever been quite so open to the lessons that we learn in school if I would not have homeschooled my own children. And these lessons that he's sharing are lessons that I was really just beginning to see. I only taught in the public schools for three years, and then I had kids. And I I haven't taught since then. But I can remember very distinctly standing in the gym one day with a whistle around my neck and lining the kids up to go back to their classroom. You know, I had them for 30 minutes or maybe even 45 minutes. It changed over the years. But just the act of lining all of these children up, I think I was pregnant at the time, and I thought of my own child lining up, and I actually just felt like this was so ludicrous to be lining these children up and they had to be quiet. And it's funny how very differently I started seeing the school system when I started imagining my own child being part of that. And I quite frankly couldn't stomach it. And I never intended to send my kids to school. I did have my youngest child go to private school for a year and a half because we were having some challenges and we needed to do something different. And all of these experiences have led me to Homeschool Think Tank and to share all of these thoughts that I have come to on my own and resources that I have discovered as a result of starting Homeschool Think Tank. And I want to share them with you. All right, let's move on. Mr. Gatto goes on to say, Good people wait for an expert to tell them what to do. Think of what might happen if people didn't wait to be told what to do. People might become self-sufficient unless a guaranteed supply of helpless people continue to pour out of our schools each year. Don't be too quick to vote for radical school reform if you want to continue getting a paycheck. We've built a way of life that depends on people doing what they are told because they don't know how to tell themselves what to do. It's one of the biggest lessons I teach. While Mr. Gatto passed away, and I believe he was 85, I could be off on that. But he passed away before the COVID pandemic. And I'll tell you, his words ring very true in the midst of this global crisis. Lesson six, provisional self-esteem. The sixth 
lesson I teach is provisional self-esteem. If you've ever tried to wrestle into line kids whose parents have convinced them to believe that they'll be loved in spite of anything, you know how impossible it is to make self-confident spirits conform. I would like to take this moment to thank my mother for that gift because I know I felt a little choked up. I know that my mother will love me no matter what. <laughs> and that her love has given me so much confidence in my life. And that I don't conform easily because I have that confidence. <laughs> I can be a bit of a crier. I try not to do it in the podcasts, but that sort of choked me up. <laughs> and I didn't know it was coming. I typed these words. <laughs> but when I spoke, I couldn't help but think of my mom. All right. <laughs> Children are taught to value themselves based on test scores, grades, and report cards. They make decisions about themselves and their futures based on their ability to learn curriculum mandated by the teacher or the public education system. I count my blessings that, in many ways, <laughs> that I was a good student because that did help me build that confidence. On the other hand, there is a real deficit and the long-term aspect of your life when you are such a good student. Because I have to say, I really did not think that well for myself for a very, very long time, because I was very well-schooled. You know, I think the things that we learn in school, writing, reading, math, these things really do matter, but you can... <laughs> I would have learned all of those things from home, Anyway, but there's so much that we learn in school that hinders us, and that's what these seven lessons are about. Instead of looking inward to judge themselves, children are taught to rely on others to tell them how good they are or are not. In essence, one of the greatest lessons we learn in school is to depend upon others to tell us what we are worth. All right, lesson seven, one can't hide. As Mr. Gatto reflected upon his own years of teaching, he realized that the seventh lesson he taught was that one can't hide. In school, children quickly learn that they are always watched and that there is no private space or time. Mr. Gatto states, students are encouraged to tattle on each other or even tattle on their own parents. Of course, I encourage parents to file reports about their own child's waywardness too. A family trained to snitch on itself isn't likely to conceal any dangerous secrets. 
I assign a type of extended schooling called homework so that the effect of surveillance, if not the surveillance itself, travels into private households where students might otherwise use free time to learn something unauthorized from a father or mother by exploration or by apprenticing to some wise person in the neighborhood. I want you to take a moment to just pause and think how the public education system has intruded upon our households throughout this pandemic. Now, if you are a true homeschooler, that is not the case for you. But if you are doing public school at home, your personal space has been violated. It has been violated to a degree that might not be reversed. Mr. Gatto continues with, and now let me say there was quite a long paragraph before this, but I can't quote his entire book. (laughs) So he says, all the childless men who wrote these books of long ago discovered the same thing. Children must be closely watched if you want to keep a society under tight central control. Children will follow a private drummer if you can't get them into a uniformed marching band. Then there is some more, and he comes to this. It is the great triumph of a compulsory government monopoly mass schooling that among even the best of my fellow teachers and among the best of my students' parents, only a small number can imagine a different way to do things. So that's the end of the quotes from Dumbing Us Down, The Hidden Curriculum of Compulsory Schooling by John Taylor Gatto. Now he was most certainly an advocate of homeschooling. Now, as a parent who is thinking about homeschooling, or perhaps you are already homeschooling your children, you are among the small number of people who are truly considering a different way of doing things, or perhaps you are already doing things differently. Now, throughout the COVID pandemic, many people have called themselves homeschoolers, However, for those of us who truly homeschool our children, we understand that doing public school at home is not the same as truly homeschooling your children. So if you are listening to this and you are doing public school at home and you're thinking about homeschooling, I would really encourage you to read John Taylor Gatto's book. I'm also going to link in the blog post that corresponds with this episode an article that I wrote in another podcast episode about the differences between doing public school at home and homeschooling. And if you are thinking about homeschooling, you'll also want to read my book called Think Homeschool, Live and Learn Your Way. And I wrote that to help parents decide if homeschooling is for them or not. So whether you are just now thinking about homeschooling or whether you have been homeschooling for years, if you have not read Dumbing Us Down, The Hidden Agenda of Compulsory Schooling, 
I believe that this book is a must read. And quite frankly, every adult should read this book. And every teenager. <laughs> my my 16-year-old and I are listening to this book together right now and discussing it as we go. There is a lot to discuss. But I'll tell you what, you will never see this book at a school book fair. It wouldn't be good for schools. <laughs> so we have only begun to dive into the topics that are covered in this book. You heard a little from the introduction, a few things from chapter one, the basic seven lessons, and I think one quote from chapter four. But there are 11 chapters of this book. It's actually a fairly quick read. If I recall correctly, I'm thinking it's about a four and a half hour listen as an audiobook. So again, I could be mistaken, but that's what I recall. It is really easy to listen to as an audiobook, and it is very well done. And I would assume it's an easy read as, a, an, as an ebook or a paperback. And I think it's probably available as a hardback. I'm not sure, but I'll link to it if it is. This book is absolutely eye-opening, and I really love this book. It really put into words for me so much of what I think. I don't know if I can say I agree with everything he says in this book, but I agree with an awful lot, which is why I am sharing the book with you, and I do think it is an excellent book. All right, so... If you are interested, please scroll down to the show notes, go to the blog post that accompanies this podcast episode, and we do appreciate it when you use our links because you do help support this podcast when you use the links we provide to purchase things. And if you find this podcast episode valuable and you think others will too, I would love to request that you share it. It really helps Get the word out about Homeschool Think Tank, and it helps other people too. This is my mission through Homeschool Think Tank, is to help connect families with one another and the resources you need, and homeschool families specifically, but also people who are thinking about homeschooling, right? And if you like this podcast, please give it a five-star review. If you're listening on iTunes, do that there. If you're listening somewhere else, Give it a review there. We really do appreciate it. And if you'll comment wherever you're listening, all of these little things help a lot. All right, you have a great week. Live and learn your way. I want to say thank you for listening to the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd like to ask you to take a moment to follow this podcast and share it with a friend. Remember to check the show notes for a link to the article that corresponds with this podcast episode. In this article, we'll include any links that we mentioned in this episode. And remember that you can search all of the Homeschool Think Tank parenting podcast episodes at homeschoolthinktank.com.